0: Before we get started with the podcast, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, the U.S. Army. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do that than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure a deadly disease, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, the Army is where all of that can happen and so much more. The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and in the world and to win. Ask yourself, what's your warrior? And go to GoArmy.com to find out. Text AOEE to Go Army to learn more. Ever wonder how a Comic-Con comes together? Here are two guys that know because it's what they do every day. It's the Con Men podcast. Now for another mediocre podcast attempt, it's Greg Adams and Puff. It's the Con Men Podcast. Greg Adams over here. Puff is over there. Ho, ho. Uh, A couple of guys who normally would be uh, cleaning up a Comic-Con right now and uh, preparing the early stages for the following year. Uh, But we're doing none of that because, if you haven't noticed, there's a global pandemic going on. Yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone's well aware at this point. If they're not, then they probably will be very soon. Um, Yeah, we... we, uh, Put together GeekCon in Shreveport, Louisiana, usually every year. This would have been our sixth year, but, of course, we were canceled. We have dates for next year. Um, Good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, <laughs> as the old saying goes. August 13th through the 15th, downtown Shreveport. Lou Ferrigno has been announced. He will be uh, be there next year. Uh, again, as as long as everything ha- still goes. I mean, we're, we're in a situation now where... Uh, main The main point that I had for the podcast today is the fact that uh, a lot of those feelings about 2021 where you know we were feeling good about things, those took a couple of blows this week.
1: Yeah, a bunch of people started uh, bumping their gums with not so positive information.
0: Yeah, and it, it actually, I think it kind of started. I, I started to feel weird about next year uh, when we had just got done talking about some of the movie date changes. And then there seem to be a couple more of those, where yeah. they're they're pushing those movies back. Movies, TV, um, and then uh, we got word this week that a couple of Comic Cons for next year have already started to push their dates back or uh, move out of. I don't think I've actually seen any move out of 2021 yet, but the big one that we took notice of just because of our geographical proximity. Was Fan Expo Dallas, who pushed back from dates in May. Uh, and I believe they're now looking at dates in September of next year. Yeah, that's a little bit of a push well, it, in the back half. But not even just that it's, you know, that's a pretty decent distance push. Just the fact that they were in May and they're already looking at we're not going to be able to do anything in May. Like, if, if we're not able to do things in May that the next domino to fall is going to be the summer of next year. Like, we're already... I think
1: after all the cancellations and postponements, people are really freaked out, especially since there hasn't been like, hey, everybody, everything's going to be all right. There hasn't really been a clear-cut message of it's all going to be okay. So people are
0: a little gun-shy, like... Well, let's push this back as far as we can, because uh, God knows what's going to happen. Well, like the ch- the changes we're seeing now, it's not even just the idea of everything's going to be okay, because I think we had that. I think a lot of us just had the idea of, well, 2021, things will be better. And, and we still don't really have an exit strategy. There's really been nobody that's come forward and said, okay, here's what we need to accomplish before we can go back to normal. We just have a lot of people who are fighting about, what normal means well not just what normal means but like what the end game is what what is the because we were told before like we're months removed now from when we get a vaccine we'll be fine and now we've got a bunch of doctors saying oh well when the vaccine comes you still won't be able to go do things and and so i think that has a lot to do with where these cancellations are coming in now because we would have been thinking And we've even heard from like some of the the experts in the nation, like Dr. Anthony Fauci, who has said uh, vaccines will be readily available in the first quarter of next year sometime uh, at the latest. I think he said April 2021. And so in, in my mind, I hear that and I say, okay, we'll be getting back to normal in April and May of next year. But I don't know if that's the case. I think the point is that no one
1: knows like it's so up in the. there's not a definitive game plan or voice of reason. You got a billion different voices shouting a different uh,
0: billion different messages and everybody's just going,
1: what is going
0: on? Well, and it's it's kind of weird, too, to have places where shows can still happen. Like we've had I I went to a show months ago in, in Huntsville. And I still see shows that are happening online. There are places where they're getting shows done, and and people are wearing masks and they're they're socially distancing. They've got like extra wide aisles and all of that stuff. These shows are still happening, but it, you're just not allowed to do like a a normal show. Yeah, it all depends on your local government, not just state
1: but city. So I, there's just so many variables that. I don't want to say I can't imagine being in that position because I kind of am, Hmm. but like there are companies who do this on like a million and billion dollar scale that literally don't know what the hell they're going to do. Like they don't have a plan and they they don't have a way to be like, all right, so this is going to happen so we can do this then. And a lot of these places are closing up or completely scrapping the game plan
0: just so they can keep, People paid. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about entire industries because we're looking at it from a Comic Con standpoint. But there are a bunch of other expos that take place every year. There's a bunch of industry expos that take place. There are car shows that take place. There are concerts that happen. Expos, concerts, plays. I mean, you think
1: about the entertainment industry as a whole. Three fourths of it can't operate, and and because they're you know not locally owned, they're you know these giant companies. You can't really say, well, we're going to do it this way in New York, but we're going to have to do it this way in Florida. I mean, they just don't ha- – they're so large, you can't parse things out that small to make them happen. So they're just kind
0: of screwed. Well, and and the, the other downside of this, and this is one of the points I had written down on my notepad, was uh, we're getting dangerously close to a point in this whole thing where – These companies and events, and I'm not just talking about Comic Cons, I mean, like, entertainment companies, are on the brink of just going away. Like, we we haven't had support, uh, as far as, like, government-wise. We haven't seen support in months. Like, we haven't seen... When was the CARES Act? That was, like... I don't know, five months ago six months ago it's been like six months it feels like it's been six months i don't know if it actually has it, been but it, i mean whether I, or not it's close to six months it's yeah. been a long time since there's been help at this
1: point was it uh regal theater or amc's like we got enough money to get us through september after that all bets are off baby yeah, i we think didn't...
0: one of them said like the end of the year like they may have enough to get through december at their current not doing anything yeah. Like w- this is bad. Yeah, major companies that have been around since literally the
1: turn of the century are on the verge of collapsing just because they don't have a plan. There's nothing they can do because it's just fly by the seat of your pants.
0: And unfortunately, in the Comic Con world, as we kind of bring it back to what we do, um, a lot of there there are basically two different versions of who does Comic Cons at this point. There are either nonprofits that do this. Or there are companies that do this. And there, there are a few individuals out there who are like one to three person groups that put these things on. But for the most part, you're talking about either large companies or nonprofits. And a nonprofit is going to have a hard time recovering from this. And larger companies, like you already said, they're not nimble enough to, to be able to do one thing here and one thing here and one thing here. They kind of have to do it uniform in order to make it work. And in addition to that, they either – I think in a lot of cases with the big companies, Comic-Cons are a division of one of those companies. Mm-hmm. And the way that a lot of companies work is if one division isn't earning its keep, you cut it loose. Well,
1: and here's the other thing that we haven't touched on yet. Uh, another side effect of the COVID era is a lot of the vendors and people that you need to, you know, fill up space at these events are having to shut down and get real jobs because they haven't been able to work in six months or eight months or however far in we are now.
0: Right. So a lot of your vendors and I've actually seen some of the vendors online have unloaded a lot of their stuff. They're They're not going to be vendors at shows anymore. Because they don't know if this comes back in 2021, if it comes back in 2022. They they don't know. And, and, and when you're
1: an independent vendor like that, it's not like you get government help. You yeah. don't have unemployment to lay back on. Like You're just out there on your own trying to not sink. So a lot of guys and gals are having to make tough decisions of, Moving on and doing something else, even though they were good and passionate at what they do.
0: Very good. Very good at, at what they do. I've seen a couple of them who are people that I've enjoyed not only working with, but shopping from. Uh, and, and they're unloading entire inventories and just saying, you know, hey, I'm going back to whatever it was that I was doing. I'm, I'm, I'm finding work doing this because uh, I, I, this industry, a lot of people are looking at this industry and they're just saying it will not recover. This and the industry industry does,
1: the the amount of time before it comes back is just not sustainable for an individual who makes their living that way. It's uh, it's bad news for everybody involved, really.
0: Yeah the the state of this industry is it w- already kind of was in flux. We there a lot of the people that I talked to inside the industry were talking about the bubble that's been growing, uh, and and when this Comic Con bubble pops, who will be left standing? And this bubble may have not been just popped but this bubble may have just had a ton of bricks dropped on it imploded and, and there's no i it wasn't even imploding because it, it didn't happen from the inside it was you know this this whole pandemic came up from behind and and brutally attacked it and now we're not sure what it's going to look like on the other side so uh again, fingers crossed we hope to have our event in august it If you would have asked me like four weeks ago, with everything, because again, I on a daily basis, I base it. You've been in the studio when I've been doing this. This is like my job on a daily basis is to comb through all of the COVID stuff and to figure out what's moving, what's happening, where we're at on a vaccine, what the numbers look like, do all of that stuff. And if you would have asked me four weeks ago, based on all the information that I had in front of me, I would have said it's a slam dunk that we're back at it in August of next year. And now, based on what I'm hearing from people, the people who get to make or influence these decisions, I don't know if things are back by summer of next year.
1: You know, much like relationships, two weeks have turned into two years real quick.
0: <laughs> okay, that uh, yeah. We'll we'll just do the read. <laughs> we'll do the we'll do the sponsor. Go right army.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Alright, pause, pretend like that didn't happen, don't attach any of that commentary to them, and thank you to our sponsor, the U.S. Army. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do that than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, the Army is where all of that can happen and so much more the Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation the world and to win ask yourself what's your warrior and go to goarmy.com to find out text aoee to go army to learn more you're gonna you're gonna hurt the sponsor you keep doing that no it's the army they can take it um, they've been around
1: forever they're uh what's that phrase um when you can't destroy something? indestructible yeah but there's a fancier word for it but indestructible works the army's just a a a, a staple of a united states
0: society of america of course it is i just meant that you keep trying to make jokes they're like budweiser they're never going away okay now you're comparing the army to a beer let's just move on (laughs) and let's talk about some happier stuff because even though we are still at some level of quarantine basically everywhere except for florida uh we kind of glossed over this last week talking about a, uh, a quarantine reading list because we, t- we were talking about comic book characters and we were talking about some of the, the story arcs that we thoroughly enjoyed from some of them or th- actually it was the ones that turned us around. Um, and Jeff uh, reached out after he listened to last week's podcast uh, to, to answer the question that we had on the quarantine reading list uh, we, we'll just call this quarantine comic book club, and we'll do this a couple of times through the podcast. Um, I like it. I got a theme for mine: quarantine comic book club. Uh, Jeff reached out and said the two that he has are Darkest Night, mm. which I push as much as humanly possible because I think it's one of the greatest arcs ever written. Uh, it saved DC Comics for a while. It gave Jeff Johns a lot of power inside the industry. Uh, and I absolutely love it. But oddly enough, uh, Jeff says, but not Brightest Day. Blackest Night, but not Brightest Day. Hmm. I didn't hate Brightest Day, but I get what he's saying. Brightest Day was not as good as Blackest Night. So it's like Bly House or whatever on Netflix? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where the first season was great, but the second one was... Now, now, hold on. Did you even watch it? No. I'm just going off of what I read on Facebook. Okay, well... Let's sidebar and actually mention that The Haunting of Hill House is one of the greatest pieces of television ever created. But? But Bly Manor is not that. Uh, Bly Manor wasn't horrible. Well, I never said it was horrible. I just
1: said a lot of people were like, this was great. This one, yeah, I could take it or, or leave it. It's
0: not as bad as True Detective between season one and two. But it's not... Like, Bly Manor... Don't start with Bly Manor. Start with The Haunting of Hill House so you know... That that it can be good, okay. <laughs> but that's that's not where we're at. We're in quarantine. Comic club. Uh, Jeff's second answer was Invincible. The whole thing, and Invincible is tremendous. Uh, you're gonna need to go get the trades, though. You're not gonna be able to do collect, like you, you can't go get the comic books because issue number one is. You're well, I mean, you can. It.
1: You're just gonna have to, have to have deep pockets.
0: Yeah, and and then you're never gonna read the book anyway. That would just be a waste of money. So, uh, all right, what is your theme? For your uh, quarantine comic club. It's October, right? Yeah. So I'm doing spooky season. Oh. It's got to be spooky season reading. Well, I could have done that. I'm an idiot. Okay. You know, go ahead. Well, that's why I'm the brains of the operation. You're the brains of the operation.
1: Uh, My first uh, choice on this list is uh, Hellblazer Dangerous Habits. Nice. Uh, It is loosely the basis for the Keanu Reeves movie. Very Uh, loosely. Well, I mean- But that's sort of where they took the story arc from. So, you know, great, great, great story. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, Since we talked about Ed Brubaker last week, he did do a horror-tinged story called Fatal, which is phenomenal. Probably one of his best works with the uh, Sean Phillips. Add that to the list. Uh, Hellboy, you can grab any of the omnibuses or trades and jump right in, and it'll be awesome for you. Get in on that. And uh, I want to give a shout out to our local friend, Rob Gilry, and his new story, Farmhand. I mean, it's not, it's weird and creepy. And uh, if you've ever read Chew or anything else that Rob's ever done, it's uh, unique. But it is definitely a horror story where they grow human body parts at a farm.
0: Yeah, Farmhand, uh, you actually lent me two of the trades. Mm mm-hmm. um, And Farmhand is amazing.
1: And if you uh, haven't read anything of that yet,
0: uh, I think they just uh, released their third volume of trade. So you're not that far behind. Right, right. That's the cool thing about it, um, because I was going to try and buy the books. But even those are difficult to find right now. Um, Well, it was so weird. They didn't print a bunch of the first like five issues uh, because they didn't
1: know if it was going to work. But yeah, here we are. But I have one more to add to my list. Oh, okay. Okay. Since it is horror themed, Nailbiter. Got to read Nailbiter. Oh, man. Just the whole thing. It's only, what, 50 issues or something? Uh, That was so good. It's such a great story, and it's perfect for the Halloween season. I I don't want to give anything away, but it's about serial killers in this small town, and just a bunch of weird stuff happens, and this, uh, well, I
0: loose cannon comes in and tries to figure it all out and i'll leave it there it oh man i do have a whole bunch of nail biter books i will have to go back and read that i have the entire run i'm missing part of the front end oh it's so good though
1: i think they did a nail biter too like a follow-up sequel really but i have not read that
0: yet so i can't recommend that but the original do it up
1: you won't regret it
0: okay i want to kind of uh, there's one that I didn't write on this because I didn't do a theme. I didn't think a spoopy season when I put this together, um, but I want to tie mine to yours by starting with one I don't have written down. Uh, I revival is the name of the Ooh, comic book. Yes, uh, it's done by Tim Seely of Hack Slash Fame. Uh, it is a book based in Central Wisconsin, and it, what the coolest part about it was, I was living in the town that it's based in when it came out, uh, and Tim Seely's from that area. So, in the comic book, like, the tattoo shop right next to the the building I worked in is one of the first panels <laughs> in the book. Um, that is kind of cool. And so I got to talk to him uh, about it, do some interviews and stuff, and it, just hearing how kind of the idea comes together, and I I can give you the elevator pitch on it, not so much about him and the relationship of the area and why he wrote it there, but... This is the idea behind the book and why it's so good. The people who have died have come back to life. Zombies. But, but not like zombies. They look normal. Everything's normal. They can think. They can talk. They just want their lives back. So they just show up to reclaim their lives after they've already been dead, after their relationships, their their significant other has moved on, or their job has already hired a replacement, all of the things that would happen after you die you suddenly show back up you're alive and you want all your stuff back so imagine how weird that scenario would be I could see that being an issue for everyone around you <laughs> and for yourself and that's basically what the book is and and it, it it goes on from there and it gets it goes down some dark paths um, but revival go find revival I, I know there are some trades. Uh, and actually, that's one of those that you can still find the individual issues relatively cheap right now. Uh, it almost was optioned for a movie at one point, and they were in discussions to make it into a TV show. Uh, but that hasn't played out. When that does happen, those books will suddenly become very expensive. Uh, I guess I can kind of keep... So so that one wasn't written down on my, my sheet of paper. But these two were. And they can follow your theme a little bit, and actually even talk about something you've already talked about. Hmm. I've got Chew written down. Oh, such a great book from our friend Rob and uh, John Layman of Batman fame. Yes, the the what I have written down though is just the first six trades. I know that there's like twelve trades, but if you're going to sit down and read through this, I would say get the first six trades. It's the first thirty issues. And by that point, you'll either just have enjoyed the first 30 issues because they're very readable. And if you get through the first 30 and realize this is one of the best stories you've ever read, you're going to just go finish it. So my recommendation is read the first 30 issues, which is the first six trades. And if you, and, and you can even cut that down. Read the first two trades. Don't just read the first trade, which is like the first six issues. Yeah, you need the you second part of the story. You have to get the second part. Yeah before you can make a decision so i recommend for six trades but at the bare minimum you need the first two yeah i can go along
1: with that um great story though and rob does something cool while we're talking about it where he hides a lot of little funny stuff in the background of his panels so if you are reading it or you have read shoe before and you're going back through it Take a Just take a look around at the backgrounds of stuff, the name on coffee mugs or the Chinese uh, uh, takeout box, because there's just some hilarity that you might have missed if you weren't looking for it.
0: And Chew has been optioned for an animated series. Is that still working? I, I don't know if it's still in the works, but it has been. It's been
1: optioned like three times for a live-action animated. They were talking about a movie, so I don't know where it is, but uh, Rob's a good brother, and... Uh, I hope it happens for him and Layman. Nice guys.
0: The uh, this one, the next two might seem over the top obvious, but I think there are a lot of people who never actually took the time to go do what I'm going to suggest doing right now. Go get the Walking Dead compendium number one. The compendium has the first 48 issues included. It is a big, fat, thick book, but it is. Some of the best comic book work that you will ever lay eyes on. Tony Moore's artwork, I know it's only the first handful of issues. First six, right? Six or 12. First, It's the first handful. But his artwork sets the tone for the rest of it. Like, basically everything that's drawn after that is influenced by Tony Moore's original work. And when you get the compendium and you get the first 48, you get to see that artwork and how it starts and how it goes all the way through. I mean, you're talking about a black-and-white comic book. One of the most influential comic books of the last 50 years is black-and-white. And And it was in black-and-white because Image or whoever
1: didn't want to invest in it, and they're like, look, we'll give you a handful of issues, but beyond that, that's why the first little arc wraps up so nicely where it could have just stopped right there
0: because nobody expected it to blow up or continue past the first four or six issues, whatever it was. And when you get the compendium, I can speak from... Experience because I own it. I actually own the first two, and I would suggest going ahead and if you can buy the first two, it's the first 96 issues of the series. You'll get if you've been if you watched the TV show, especially if you watched it back in the day when it was good, (laughs) you will see a lot of what they did on TV in the pages because they did a very good job keeping things as close as they can as influence. Now that, that's not entirely true because they've created characters that didn't exist in the comic book. Or and, the
1: different people die or whatever, but the scenarios are very similar. Right.
0: It just might be a little bit different for and television. So it, and so it it surprises you and keeps you entertained while having this familiarity to it. Yes. So you, you really know what you're reading. You really know the characters because you've watched the TV show, but now you're going to see these things play out differently. Um, and if you've never done it, I highly suggest you do it. Even if you're not a big comic book fan, if you were a TV fan, uh, you watched the show, you've dropped off after the first six seasons or whatever. I think a lot of people did. But if you go get that compendium and read it, it's going to just blow your mind with some of the stuff that happens in there. Um and again, this, this last one that I have on the list here, again, we're in quarantine comic book club right now. So these are some ideas of things that you can read maybe on the weekend or at night since we can't go to bars and have fun yet. Um, what?
1: It's just <laughs> the way you phrased that made me chuckle.
0: The last thing I have is the, uh, I don't know what you really want to call it, whether you want to call it the House of M trilogy or the Messiah trilogy. But it's the X-Men, House of M, Messiah Complex, and Messiah War. Which technically does take place in the X-Men universe, but it takes place across a bunch of different titles, including X-Force, Cable and Deadpool. Uh, I can't remember what some of the other ones in mixed in there were. I know there Wasn't are... Wasn't
1: a Wolverine's solo story was in there, too? They had
0: some one-shots. I yeah. don't remember uh, exactly what there it was, was worked so in. There was so much. But what's great about grabbing like the House of M trade and the Messiah Complex and the Messiah War trades is that they're all collected. So you don't have to go figure out. Okay, well, I need X Force sixty eight and X Force sixty nine, but I need X Men five ninety three. You don't have to worry about any of that. You just it's grab in order.
1: All you got to do is read
0: House of M, Messiah Complex, Messiah War. The cool thing too, when they do it this way, is that they're. What? Oh, did you just think of something that you needed?
1: Yeah, I did, had a spooky season theme, and I left something off. Continue, and I'll wrap up. I think. Up. It, I think it's the most obvious
0: thing. There was that, okay. It does it have to do with a detective? Yes. Okay. Cool. Then I that was what I thought you were already going to say. So I was shocked that you didn't have it. But we'll go back to that. It's a long one, right? Yes. Okay. Very long. <laughs> uh, but the the House of M, Messiah Complex, and Messiah War. Is one of the best X Men stories that they've done post Chris Claremont, uh, and it will probably be as iconic by the time it gets done with Wandavision or whatever treatment it's going to get live action, uh, whether it's in the MCU or on Disney Plus. It will. We don't
1: know what the next phase of MCU is going to hold for us.
0: I'm sure they won't go all the way through the Messiah War because a lot of that will probably be sacrilege on TV or on in a in a movie. Uh, But the House of M concept can easily be done, and I feel like there's a little bit of that influence when I see the WandaVision stuff. Okay, uh, that's mine. Now let's go back to your bonus Batman one. Yeah,
1: The long (laughs) Halloween. We were talking about spooky season and Halloween, and somehow I forgot to mention the long Halloween, which is top two or three best batman stories ever
0: honestly i thought as soon as you said what your theme was i thought that was going to be the first thing out of your mouth and i kept waiting for you to talk well about i it.
1: got excited talking about farmhand and, and constantine and some of the other ones i mentioned that i just completely forgot about batman because you know the long halloween should be a given but i just had to get that out and verbalize it because again it's one of the greatest batman
0: stories and, ever and told maybe you can chalk that up to like there are things that I would have put on a reading list, but I assume that people have already read it, like the Killing Joke. Um, but if you haven't, go back and read the Killing Joke. Like if it, Alan if, Moore hates it, but he hates everything. You know what? <laughs> I I have a love hate relationship with Alan Moore. Maybe someday down the road we'll go through our love hate relationship with Alan Moore. But Alan Moore hates everything, including you. I I know this, <laughs> but. That's what I, makes him so lovable to me, that he's just a weird, grisly, angry wizard. He is a wizard, Harry. Um, and he is a hairy wizard. So the the idea, and let me run this one by you. We'll come back to Quarantine Comic Reading Club uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks. We'll get some new ideas that we can throw out there. Um, but this is one that I think we could have some fun with for next week. Ooh, I like fun. Story arcs that you would like to see become live action series or movie? Ooh, ooh. So it could be a streaming series, whether that's through HBO Max now for the DC side or Disney Plus, or it could be turned into a movie when we are allowed to have movies again. Hey, HBO, bring back Swamp Thing and Constantine. I was
1: going to say Swamp Thing. The, They're hey. r- rerunning it on the CW, and like they didn't expect it to do anything. They just ran out of programming, and the ratings have been
0: insane. So people are, are enjoying the show. It was a great show. Bring it back. Well, they didn't get rid of it because it wasn't great. They got rid of it because they lost their tax breaks. Well, they got screwed on their tax breaks. It seemed like they stubbed their toe on it themselves. Anyway... Uh, That's going to wrap it up for us. Let's show some love to the U.S. Army one more time. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do that than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, the Army is where all of that can happen and so much more. The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world and to win. Ask yourself, what's your your warrior? And go to GoArmy.com to find out more. Text A-O-E-E to GoArmy.com. To learn more. Become the next Nick Fury. Goarmy.com. You're over-promising and probably under-delivering.
1: Well, said, said. What's your warrior? Mine's Nick Fury.
0: Okay. Give me a cigar and an eye patch. I'm in. That's going to wrap it up for the comment podcast this week. Uh, hopefully we've got some... Uh, hopefully there's better news next week i guess we can just continue to say that at the end of every week hopefully we got better news uh, at the end of next week but at this point um looking at people changing dates for 2021 already so maybe we'll have an update on that coming up next week but at least we'll be here to talk about comic books and other geeky stuff